Hello and welcome to this Canon podcast. We are back uh, as we drift inexorably towards Christmas, and that may well come up in the context of some films. Also, but, a year uh, end podcast, which is coming soon. Yes, people. we also yes, a good good and reminder. Grace. To be absolute hysteria. We have a year on podcast, and we have a end of decade podcast coming over the Christmas. If it's tied you over when you're desperately looking for something to listen to, God help you. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's coming to be recorded. We we really look forward to that. But in lieu of that. We shall uh, we'll do our usual uh, nonsense, which is the top ten, uh, some movie news, and some new releases. But we'll start as we always start, as you all notice inevitably, like life itself comes at you <laughs> uh, with what we watched this week, and we'll kick off with Young Luke. Yes, I am here. He Hello. is here as is Grace, which I did not introduce here. anybody, but they you did talk, Grace, so we knew you were here. And I'm here. Too. I'm always here. And Luke is always here. He's not always here, but he's he's here. Um, yeah, so I have seen because it is the season. I've I've seen a couple of movies that are Christmas set that aren't full Christmas movies, but but they're worth talking about. I did like them both. Okay. Uh, the first one is Museo, um, directed by Alonso Ruiz, Ruiz Palacios. Um, this is a Mexican film, uh, starring Gael Garcia Bernal. Okay, I don't think I've heard um, of this. So it is based off of what is, I believe, in Mexico, like a kind of infamous uh, case in 1985, where these two uh, students um, carried out a heist in the National Museum of Anthropology in, uh, I think, Mexico City, and and made off with, like, priceless Mayan uh, artifacts, um, kind of without a hitch. Um, So it's, yeah, it's this... um, heist movie set over the the christmas period um and it's kind of a too good to be true kind of heist because um gail garcia bernal and his friend who's this kind of uh listless kind of quiet type who then narrates after the fact they're these two uh veterinary students that have been kind of drifting through college for for years they got theses that they're never going to finish um and uh Garcia Bernal, he works at the museum kind of part-time and has just had this kind of long simmering issue with the artifacts being there um, because there's this kind of powerful sense that he has that they're Mayan artifacts, they don't belong to you know the museum. Yes. <laughs> they should be kind of liberated. Should be freed. But there's yeah. a lot, that's what he is kind of convincing himself of more and more but there's a lot kind of more going on besides. It's a very interesting film. There's kind of, yeah, that conversation about can is it really stealing if something itself has already kind of been stolen to be to be and this conversation has been in a something. lot of ways in a lot yeah. of museums in terms of a uh, repatriation of uh artifacts for various countries who are looking for say from the british museum it's yes quite yeah. a bit in the last while yes and Obviously, this the ownership because it has that divide between indigenous cultures in mexico and then the 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 people that have come in after that yes it has a kind of cultural context that I wouldn't be too up on, but it, I think to me, it, it kind of had that conversation in an inter- interesting way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a lot of interesting, like it's not really a heist film. It's a lot more kind of ambling than that because the, the actual heist happens quite early on and they're so kind of <laughs> surprised by how well it goes and then so for some so reason shocked of, by the, the backlash. The heist was the smuggling the rest of it in almost. Kind yeah, of, I think, yeah, yeah. What, what they kind of find is that 
they're, they're kind of on a hiding to nothing because the country is so outraged by, by this that there's no way that they can possibly move this stuff. They're, they're not the brightest guys. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of does that again without making you kind of go, these are just idiots. I, yeah, I don't yeah. really care about them. Uh, it puts a lot of groundwork in early on, particularly with Garcia Bernal, to make you understand him as a character. Like there's kind of scenes of like the Christmas from hell. You see kind of how he's not appreciated or kind of understood by anyone around him. He's the black sheep of the family. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. The actual heist itself, I thought was really well done. It's this kind of silent, kind of Rafifi style thing. Nice. And it's a very kind of conscious homage, but it does a little bit more with that. So there's a lot of kind of stylish scenes like that, but the the heist is kind of the standout. You'll have these... It, it's essentially a montage of these still images with the sound over it of them carrying out the heist and the sounds that they've chosen for them kind of lifting up the glass and kind of chipping away and stuff and that. It somehow also sounds like flash bulbs going off and it creates this sense of, with these still images, it's like kind of crime scene photos being taken in real time and you, you have the looming uh, kind of fact that they're not going to get away with this present even as it's all seemingly going off without a hitch a lot of really interesting camera stuff um there's kind of a there's an extended scene with you know simon russell beale yes um he's kind of this memorable in uh the stalin film yeah 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 Uh, and he's not in this a lot but he's kind of the would-be fence and because he's kind of british and he's got the kind of blowhard vibe going on it continues that conversation about kind of appropriate appropriation and, and imperialism and, yeah, and all yeah, the rest of it in a good way but a lot of very interesting camera stuff in the way like it's it should be flashy but it's not the camera very 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 slowly zooms in on Garcia Bernal as he kind of realizes this uh, situation that he's finding himself in and then cuts at this perfect moment of realization for him I thought it was really really good sounds very interesting I'd never heard of it at all it's, but, uh, it's on to watch. it's on YouTube as like if you if you sign for account which I will be rapidly <laughs> ending my trial yeah, for yeah. but I, it was worth checking out and um, it's a good performance by uh, Garcia Bernal he is slightly unbelievable as this student because he's like a 39 yeah yeah but he's it's got that these the kind of, run you well I mean uh, anyone, could be a, anyone could be a, a student I suppose well, that's and true. he's got the kind of puppy doggish eyes thing hang dog kind of thing going on that, right. that, that makes it sounds work sounds good um, I also watched a French film called Wheat Farm is a very interesting film again set over christmas so this i was kind of wanting to continue my uh, murder mystery kick from from Nizo. so this is a murder mystery starring every french actress i've ever heard of um it is i'll just rattle off the names here there's Fatih Ardant, okay um catherine Geneve, isabelle hubert uh, emmanuel bayard from wow mission impossible from, yeah yeah um, Daniel Daru, um, uh, lot of Cesar awards, <laughs> suffice to say, and so these these eight women kind of gather to to celebrate Christmas uh, in the big family home, and they find the the morning of that the patriarchal family has got a knife in his back. They're snowed in. They all have reasons to out, and yeah, 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 kind of yeah, really really entertaining. High camp, like high high camp, <laughs> because it's also a musical. 
Oh, wow. And, and also a Douglas Sirk. <laughs> well, I mean, there's musicals and there's musicals. Like, I would have a certain understanding of Hollywood-style, lavish yeah. production kind of things. This is a lot of kind of zooby zoo style. <laughs> like, every every song in this. They're catchy, but it's it's just one character will just kind of sing about love and tragedy and stuff for two In minutes. the French style. Yes. And lots of very high dramatic revelations about, you know, their secrets and, and their lives. Infidelity. It was awesome. <laughs> All right, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of. If, if you've ever wanted to see like Catherine Deneuve and Fatih Ardant like a hair pull and wrestle, <laughs> or, quite frankly, who wouldn't want um, to see that? It's it's that level of high okay. camp, and yeah, I I had been meaning to watch it for a while, and I was very entertained by it. Excellent, sounds good. I also watched Marriage Story, which I wasn't really entertained by. Nor I. Uh... I what I didn't hate it, but I just couldn't really emotionally connect to it. And that's a problem. It is. I mean, I like the the cast are really good. Uh, they have a, a deep bench of supporting actors in this film. But yeah. I have little scenes like I uh, prefer the supporting actors. I'm, I'm, I must say. Um, and it, it it occasionally the script kind of catches a certain point where you think this might kick off now to something proper. Yeah, and I, it doesn't quite. I, ever. I I felt like I kind of understood or felt like I was understanding what Bombach is going for here. Like for example, with the supporting characters, they're all acting in kind of a different film. Oh, they're, they're, they're a lot they're more comedic, uh, and that was a little irritating. Yes. But you do have the sense that. It, it kind of traps Johansson and Driver in this drama yeah. that's very internal to themselves. And that's fine. But again, if I'm not engaging with those two characters, it's not really going to no, come together. That's a very fine. particular thing. I, I couldn't get into them. I have very specific issues with it. I I felt it was, I know this has become a fucking internet argument about yes. and I'm exhausted by the discourse already in it. But I felt it's much more sympathetic towards Driver with his genius grant, his MacArthur genius grant, as opposed to Johansson who got tits out in a teen movie at some point in the previous thing. This is this I I would rather not watch Noam Baumbach work through his issues on screen. I'd rather he went to a therapist, jerked off and made films yeah. as opposed to this. Like I, I, I mean, get that there's there, there's something in it for him. And I, and I think there's there's some there like Robbie Ryan's uh, cinematography is really good. The score is dreadful. Uh, the Randy Newman, yeah, bizarre. Oh, it's and it's such a mismatch. The tonal shifts don't really work in the way that if you watch the uh, Mistress America, which I liked a lot of, but the tonal shifts not don't work in kind of the same way. Not quite as bad as this, but I think. And again, I I can understand why the supporting characters are at a different level than the yes. leads, but. If they had even slightly more of a comedic or satirical yeah. kind of edge to themselves, it wouldn't have that same weight of you're going to take one side or the other. Yeah. I don't think no, because they would, it would just be a little looser. I wouldn't mind a kind of Greek chorus element to it, like yeah, uh, which might have worked better. And it it felt like that they were doing that, and then it kind of fell away. Yeah, yeah. It's like this was set up, and it's like yeah, yeah. yeah. We stopped. We'll go to a new character, and we'll do another thing. And I didn't really feel that, like I just watching it myself, didn't really take one side or the other, or feel that the film was too heavily weighted. I just didn't really follow either of them that much. Um, also, I didn't really care about either of them either. Like, I, I just and the, that's a that's a massive problem with something. The like performances this. for me didn't have that kind of naturalistic. Yes. Uh, edge and you know i'm sure that the kind of arguments and the kind of things that these characters go through are very real to to many people that's i'm sure true but 
it just to me became so conscious at all the big scenes that this is it's capital A very active. performative like yes. in that regard and I'd, I'd completely agree I was watching it on that I don't care like I just don't care yeah. and if you don't care then this kind of film lives and dies in that in yeah. my opinion yeah. I just didn't care it's a pity yeah you know there'll be an, like he'll fall upwards there'll be more movies and Oscars and whatever like no Bobak won't be struggling like. he should only ever be known as Greta Gerwig's boyfriend amen uh, I didn't like it and I know people love it and it staggered to me that it gets five star reviews but you know what do I know indeed I'll be the same <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I, I don't have much more I don't think that's good because you're running out of time Luke well, there you go I'm right on time excellent so then great work all around <laughs> how you. dare I suggest otherwise Grace what do you got it is I well, I have the most important movie release of the year to talk about, of course, which is Christmas Prince, The Royal Sorry, Baby. Sorry, I just made a noise. Which I, um, I watched on Saturday and then rewatched on Tuesday because life is good. And I love this movie. This is great. It's so much fun. Right. <laughs> like, I appreciate that you have to have leaned in a little bit to the first two movies, perhaps, to truly enjoy this. But I feel like there's a lot to be said for something that is this wholesome and simple and straightforward and cheerful and relatively uplifting in the general scheme of things, um, especially when we're all so caught up with things being awful and terrible and everyone lives or dies in the friggin' discourse. Like, I just want something that's nice and frothy, and that's what these movies give me. I watched this also, because so, yes. post, um, post our Christmas Day not our, Christmas our Day, Christmas but our Prince Christmas Day. Prince Day, where we watched the first two films, and Diana, weirdly, um, but yeah, we had a good day of it uh, with lots of red wine, and yeah. so I was, and this was a week ahead of uh, the release of uh, the Royal Baby, <clears throat> which I well four days to be precise. Well, yeah. just yeah, it was in the next week it was coming out, and we were all quite excited. Yes, uh, and so I watched it also, and I kind of loved it, and I think you're right. I think there's a bit of work to be had in getting through the first two. Mostly the first one. I think the the first one is the worst film. Yeah, if you if you want to be technical about it, yeah. I think in retrospect after watching three and we go, it's, you have a more sympathetic thing towards the first one. But if you're watching the first one without any yeah. kind of sense of it, it's not very good and pretty well, cheap and all the rest and a bad have, Rudy. Yeah, like it's it's quite cheap. There's not enough Rudy, and you don't you haven't earned the affection for all of the characters yeah. yet. So or otherwise, yeah, but, uh, watching yeah. the later films is easier. Um, but no, I really like this one too. And I thought like the way that they went about the storyline was a lot more kind of conventional compared to, not that the other two aren't conventional in certain ways, but this really had more of a, a general kind of 19 minute paced movie feel to it. And it does it quite well. It does Scooby-Doo like. Mm-hmm. But it's Scooby-Doo, um, an attempt at Agatha Christie. Yeah. A nice little compelling mystery. But that keeps the gas in it. Like, yeah. it's, oh, it does. It does. Of, yeah. My personal favourite, which is where they look at a map of Aldovia and it's right next to Belgravia from the Princess Switch, which means that these movies exist in the same universe. Even though they means- watch <laughs> on Netflix. Because the, uh, the night before Amber Christmas... I don't watched it on Netflix, but yes, in the night before Christmas... She's looking in the holiday calendar. This happened as well, and in the Princess Switch. It's amazing. In but the it, Christmas, in the night before Christmas, Christmas, like I got this, or no, your grandparents got this when they were from Aldovia. Yeah, and in the Princess Switch, she's watching a Christmas Prince in the telly, which is obviously like a documentary version of Amber. Because it has to be canon, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think my favorite bit in this is when they're describing the curse, um, yeah. <laughs> the 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 ancient curse. True, um, the fall, the firstborn, and the their objection to it is. Um, magic has been discredited for, or magic has been out of favor for yeah, hundreds like of years it's not, not, not it's not real, real. <laughs> we don't really do that anymore yeah yeah it's just old hat yeah 
absolutely. But there that makes sense if it's in the same universe. Nothing gave Christmas. me better pleasure that destroy, described uh, contractions as surges. Yeah. I was in tears. <laughs> absolutely. And it's re- referenced again. Like, it's like, you don't call them, like, oh God, they're surges. It's like, well, what? Why are you still doing this? This is a mad, mad stuff. Like, and the doctor crashing into the snowbank. So Richard personally going on to a horse. her on the horse. Because if he wasn't on horseback at some stage, then we'd all be upset. And they didn't go to the, the wooden lodge in this one, which is also no, upsetting. Didn't. But I expect that and in uh, the fourth one. A chronic lack of Rudy. That's like yes, stuck at the airport call. for no real fucking reason. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Because um, the cause... only thing that I find annoying about these movies is that Amber's alleged two best friends are Fucking ages. I mean, oh, they are. No they're gobshites. And like, Simon and fucking what's her face. They threw her the most depressing hen party of all time. Oh, in it's the grim. One, and they just painted their nails and so on. But can we have a moment for Amber's investigative journalism skills where she's like, Fishy. journalism 101. Yeah. The treaty didn't just fly away in its own. Did it not, Amber? I thought it just got up and walked out. Amber is a terrible Amazing. journalist in yeah. every sense. Like, oh, she's, she's, not a, she's not a journalist. Loyal readers. She's a blogger. She's a blogger. She's a blogger. And a terrible blogger, that's what I mean. But she's a terrible blogger. Loyal readers is an ironic opening point because I suspect she has no loyal readers. Except the fact that she's a celebrity because she's married to a royal prince. 12 people that live in Aldovia, I'm sure, read every day. That's when they get their broadband as part of the new Aldovia. That's true. The initiative, yeah, that's true. Let's also remember that she's completely uninspired when she writes anything because she's like, it's been a busy year and next year will be even busier. Amber, what is that? Like, Surely you have a calendar, like, the holiday there calendar, if you like will. A wide cutaway to like the bump of being like, oh, by the way, I'm up the scruff. Up the yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's anyway, great though. I, I did a lot. Of, it's 85 minutes, which helps yeah. enormously. It's great fun. I, 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 I will say is that I, I totally called both gender and baby names. You did because of course I did. Because Grace is really, really invested in this like, yeah. more than anyone about anything I know, I which is great. Because I would never watch these without Grace. I might point out. Yeah. And my my subsequent love for Christmas films is literally based on this. There you go. So where does this franchise go from here, though? To the moon. uh... (laughs) It has to be. Except they can't do that immediately because they're making a second princess switch where there's a trickle. I haven't seen the Christmas. So we'll have to the do Princess Switch. I haven't seen that. Where something else happens, I don't know. I haven't seen the. Maybe Rudy will Switch. get married. But I will get that. But, no. But if they're in the same universe as the night before Christmas, yes, that's at least four Vanessa Hudgens. Yes, that's and too many. There's Unless also time travel is on the, the table. Mad. Mm. These are all we mad. There's too much. Yet. But anyway, Netflix, like the Marvel universe, will have to <laughs> get its house in order yeah. and bit of recon and whatever to, to make it work but I don't also, know that Peglia you will and Queen Peglia Jesus Christ at least it's a, as you point out at least it's kind of culturally interesting in the sense that there's something else going on yeah. rather than white people complaining about stuff it's something yeah. and they learn about life yeah. from the white people I was a little bit sad at the revelation of the culprit though because I would not have pegged that no right I'm the same and it seemed like it, it kind of like fuck it we had this idea let's abandon it and just go for your man yeah like, if it was going to be anyone, or it woman. should have been Mrs. Avril, because... Yeah. Because it should have been Simon. Like I know it's a double bluff, but it should, Simon's a prick. Simon got a tan. He did and get he a tan. A and he is a prick. Anyway, you should watch The Royal Baby, because it's great. It is. Then, I, I would agree. In other movie news, I watched something that I know Jay is a fan of. The uh, Body Remembers when the world broke open. Yes. Yes, that's what it's, it's called. It's in my top we five of the year for 2019. 
Um, yeah, this is very good. I really enjoyed this. Uh, well, and perhaps enjoyed is the right it word. It's quite a harrowing watch. It is. Um, but it's really, really good and very interesting. And the thing that I was not really expecting about this is that it's more or less told in real time. Yes, it's almost part, like a, it's, kind of it's like, not a one shot thing, but it's almost told in yeah, very like much a, kind of kind of a ninety or hundred minute yeah. snapshot in the stories of these two women's lives, and it packs so much storytelling into these really simple, really tender moments, and it's just beautifully put together because. I suppose for some background, essentially there's um two women who both come from indigenous Canadian backgrounds, um, one of whom is in an abusive relationship and she's pregnant and the other woman finds her on the street after an argument with her boyfriend when she's kind of bruised and bleeding and just sort of standing there. So she takes her back to her apartment and kind of helps her clean herself up a bit and then tries to help support her look yeah. to look for um like... Um, support shelters yeah, or shelters whatever. shelters and services for yeah. women from abusive relationships and so on. So um, there's so there's so much in this. There's so much like richness and such a depth of emotion for something that's incredibly bare. And when I say thinly told, I don't mean that in the negative way. I mean, no, they it's, give it's you a simple story, yeah. Like minimum of information and let you fill in the blanks. But it's done so skillfully because it really feels like... It's almost like a documentarian style because it's just sort of following them around Very in this quiet, so. non-intrusive way. Um, but you glean so much about their backgrounds just from the things that they, like the expressions that they use and the way that they react to things and the way that they interact with each other. And there's there's so much subtext in the sense of like, even how one of them is kind of mixed race and the other one kind of views her as white in that regard and kind of uses that against her occasionally and, and the class differences and everything else. Like it's just... It's really, really good, but it's very, it's it's quite a harrowing watch. It like is. Like a very worthy issue to talk about, but also a reminder of like the cyclical nature of violence and emotion. It's also weirdly, darkly funny mm-hmm. as well. There's a couple of scenes of kind of story construction and stuff that's yeah. really, really, and hysterically put together. And it makes you laugh because you need that kind of slight out every so often yeah. just from the kind of, of oppressive kind of thing. Off, yeah. yeah. And I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I saw it in Galway in the flat. I know nothing about it. I just kind mm-hmm. of booked it because it sounded interesting. And it kind of sideswiped me. Uh, and it's on Netflix it is on at Netflix. the moment. And it's that, an yeah. essential watch, in my opinion, for your, yep. your if you're interested in lists and whatnot for the year. It's great. And yeah. you should watch it anyway, regardless. It's it's really, really good. Two female directors, female writers. Yes. Yeah. And very it, empathetic portrayal. And, and it's, it's just beautifully performed, beautifully written, mm-hmm. and supremely directed. And a the... really skillful evocation of the way these these kind of lives that are quietly marred by violence. And I yes. say quietly because other people a lot of the time aren't paying attention. And there's the added racial subtext of that, of it's yeah. somebody who's indigenous and so on and so forth. The way they just kind of live right in the into the intersectionalism thought, of the difficulties that people yeah. have to get out of relationships and in various I, different communities. I liked kind of the last couple of scenes where it just shows you these snippets of, of, of one of the characters kind of driving down a, a very sort of mundane street and the whole idea of like, looking at all these closed doors and windows and wondering what goes on behind them yep. and what kind of faces and stories aren't being represented or told and so on. It's just, it's yeah, very interesting. Agreed. I, I really loved it. Super good. Um, and then the only other thing I've seen this week is um, another Christmas movie, which is what? Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, I actually watched Die Hard this the week as well. The more unconventional <laughs> Christmas movie. So yeah, I like to watch this um, every December anyway. So I went to the Lighthouse screening last night and of course, I love this movie. As far as I'm concerned, it's like a nice five-star masterpiece. It's so much fun. It's so funny. It's so relentless. Like, it's just this perfect exercise in plotting and pacing and use of space. I remember when I went back to do my, um, excuse me, my MA in college, and we were 
inner screenwriting module and looking at, at movies like this where they're kind of unconventional in the sense that they use one space and the interiors of that space um, and fit the story around that, which I think is, is what you should do a lot. I remember Nancy Myers talking in an interview about her screenwriting process and how one of the first things that she does, and she's kind of noted for it, is that she likes to establish a very vivid sense of place because the way she put it was that if she in her head can picture the character's house, then she needs to know how would they move from like the kitchen to the bedroom and what like what would happen the situational place of it yeah yeah what other characters might they come into contact with and so on and this is another movie that kind of reminds me of that where you think about the structure and how you can incorporate that into the story and also because i remember reading that the screenwriters um wrote this i suppose back to front in one sense because generally speaking with a screenplay you would look for the protagonist's actions to evoke reactions from everyone around them but in this it's the antagonist everything Hans Gruber does and the terrorists do prompt a reaction from John McLean instead of the other way around so you kind of are constantly putting him on the um on the back back what's the word burner yeah back burner um and he has to respond to everything instead of taking as many active decisions yeah he's not proactive in that sense um but yeah it's just it's really fun it's a great action movie like the action beats are beautifully put together it's very funny it's very 80s has that nice kind of mixture of a synthy she score with a little excerpt from Joy to the World and Hans Gruber is the most charismatic, fantastic villain ever it almost makes me sad that he has to die at the end, so yeah uh, Die Hard is one of my favourite movies Yay. so I, I appreciate all of this I haven't gotten around to my annual rewatch yet but yeah, I did, I did, I did exactly the same I watched it the weekend, I watched my favourite Die Hard movie which is Die Hard 2 uh, at the weekend also uh, it's a very strongly held opinion I know, it really is, I'd like the thing with Die Hard, I love it, but I think there's an over-familiarity with it and over-watching of it to some degree that has somewhat dulled its impact a little bit. Like, I I don't quite think the rewatchability of it mm-hmm. is that strong, as a lot of people tend to do. And, I, like, I really like it. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not suggesting for a second it's not I good, cause it, mean, it's, though, it's because it's really good. It's a blueprint-y kind of stuff. Like, I'm yeah. not... I remember the first time that, because I only watched this properly the whole way through, like a couple of years ago, because I had only seen snatches of it when I was younger. And it is one of those movies that when you sit and watch it for the first time, you're like, this is really good. Yeah. Like, it's class. Um, but I can see how, you know, it's you can't really repeat the intensity of that. No, I, that, a lot of films yeah. suffer that. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not a criticism in that way, but I just, I never quite, I as much as I really liked it, and I, I've never quite understood the kind of hysteria or thing around it like I, I and I do like it but I really really like Die Hard 2 and in a very and because we watched both back to back a few lads that got together with your friends like to watch them as a Christmas kind of meet up and what really interests me with Die Hard 2 as a kind of as a sequel because sequels are really interesting in terms of the kind of diminishing returns you generally get and the various other what things what Die Hard 2 repeats and doesn't repeat is really interesting yeah, yeah. but I think there's a meticulous setup in Die Hard 2 and it's strongly plotted in in the best way, I think, in the sense that it knows exactly what it's doing, and not like it's a once it's a one set place in terms of the airport, but it's not the same as a building. Yeah, the airport is a much bigger terrain. It's like a sequel to Grand Theft Auto in that way. You know, it's a bigger city than the previous. City. I mean, that that shows again the thought into yes. location and, and yes. sense of place. You know, I think Dyer Two is great set pieces and gen and. The stakes of planes circling the sky that could come down or any minute, I think it's genuine stakes in a proper way, and I, which I really like, despite Colomini with the English accent on Windsor Airlines. All right, coming in now, because Colin, stop, will you? <laughs> You're fucking hell. Like, that's that's embarrassing for everyone involved. That, that, he should have been in 
Dublin accents mad that he has that. Windsor Airlines, fuck off. But I I do genuinely think it's great. I think the final act knits it all together and it has a great kind of release of how the situation is, like the kind of beating the bad guys and fixing the airline situation in one go is remarkably well thought out, like with the kind of strip of fire around the middle of the thing and that becomes a runway and it's nonsensical in terms of actual life but as a sequel to an action film that it's very difficult to follow mm-hmm. I think it's remarkably good like I love it I absolutely love it to the point I, I prefer to die hard but I know I'm a kind of outlier that but it, mm-hmm. it's not even that I think it's better it's more that I just prefer it mm-hmm. do you know the kind of way like it, yeah. I, I really enjoy it there's there's naked uh, yoga yoga at the start and it's in that kind of setting up character it's nonsensical early it's still the 80s but it's 1990 but it's still the 80s in that kind of sense yeah, yeah. Uh, and has a sip wits from uh, NYPD Blue at the airport you know you're in LA now but this is you know you're an LA cop you know what I mean it's like he's a Disney we don't give a fuck what you think you know, this is you know, Merry Christmas you get these things outside my airport you know all that kind of stuff and I really love it like it, it, I, I absolutely love it I have also a lot of time to Heart 3 but didn't watch but um, after that then they don't exist because they're just they fall off a cliff. Yeah. But uh, but as as a two film run, it's really strong. I have to say. Like. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Does the second one have the same director? Renee Harlan directed the second one. Uh, oh, John McTiernan directed. See, the that's the only. So I like Harlan because he's cliffhanger Harlan, as well. Like he's yeah yeah. I had Long Kiss Goodnight. There you go. Great, 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 great go. director. Like great action film director. I genuinely, Long Kiss Goodnight is fantastic. Just Deep Blue Sea alone. If, oh, he deep, made, yeah. if he had never made any other movie, he also he made a perfection with that one. Yeah, he's he's made some bad films. There's no there's no getting around that. But he's when he's good, he's he actually, had a good streak. He did have a good streak. That's true. That's true. Have you any more, Grace? No. Oh, that's you. That's okay. me. Okay, I have a couple before we uh, wrap this up. I watched Ready or Not, which I hadn't seen. Enjoyable. Uh, which you you like, Grace? Uh, the reviews are a bit sniffy, and I have to say, I half an hour in, I'd I'd be kind of with the reviews, like, nah, this is not working for me. This is kind of shit. The setup's not bad as a kind of a wedding in this kind of home kind of really rich person's home where this woman married married into this rich family who are game uh kind of board game game, but they're they own the kind of game thing they're rich and she has to do a thing where she turns up at midnight to do a game because that's part of once you join the family like boy anybody would stay for this but anyway it's probably not even the weirdest thing rich people expect you but that's also true as well so yeah it starts like starts off a bit slow and the pacing is a little off and you're going i don't know but this doesn't really work but then you know andy mcdowell turns up and gives it loads and And she's fantastic i'm winona from winona she's fantastic gives it loads and then it just kind of kicks into gear it's it's not brilliant but it's really fun Mm -hmm. and the final act kind of does something really interesting I and, I, and I think you, you can describe the music you might either love it or hate it depending on your uh, yeah. viewpoint on the film and I think that's absolutely correct and I can see how it wouldn't work for somebody but it kind of worked for me because it kind of earns it yeah and I like that like it you know it's not the greatest one I've ever seen but it's very fun it's a very good lead performance as well yes like, yeah. she's, really like she, yeah. she's really good she's really good I would agree that it's a slow starting off yeah and I you could have it could have used a bit more of the terrible family. Yes, it could start. have to, just to, to kind really of up the stakes in it. Like, well, just to know. kind of get their kind of dynamics, yeah. and, and stuff like it that. It was a little slow to do yeah. it. Yeah, um, but because it even has that sort of stinger scene at the start, which you don't really need. I don't think it would have been better to have more time. With yeah, the yeah, yeah. I agree. I completely agree. Yeah, 
but her kind of gameness and and how she kind of goes along with what's happening um she's very kind of empathetic and uh, then when they start turning the screws you are really very much on her side yeah and also i like her reaction to the stuff that happens in the final act yes some great facial reaction shots which i really enjoy she's very good as well in the the babysitter which is i haven't seen the babysitter in in some ways oh okay Uh, she's kind of on the opposite side of that though um but very again a very winning kind of performance yeah but i like that i have to say i did like it no it is good fun the thing that i remember about this is that when i first came out of it i thought like the thing that it reminded me most of was your next yeah um from a few years which i did enjoy also um, your next I really liked and I felt its pacing was a lot better like it really kind of gets down to the, the messy business so to speak pretty quickly and it doesn't let up once it starts because the thing that annoyed me about this was that there were glimpses of things starting and then they sort of pause for people to talk and I'd be like shut up and yeah. get on yeah, with yeah. the like you know mutilation and shit um, but when I came out of it like I, it stayed with me for a long time and I kept thinking back going like that was just really fun Oh, Lady with an Axe is always fun like yeah. uh, I mean who and doesn't enjoy that like I love the end because I think the ending leans really leans into the absurdity of it. I think it does, and in it, the right way, and it but it earns something that Without perhaps the film trying. didn't earn t- overall. Yeah. But it, it kind of gets away with it. But it also doesn't try to explain it in any way. No, which like, I also it has like. This absolutely ludicrous thing happened, and you're just like, oh, okay. Also, it gives a couple Let's of minutes of like, well, maybe it's all bollocks, and then yeah, yeah, and then it happens. Yeah, and that's great, and I enjoy that. Because yeah, I, I, I did too. Most of we, as, as we've talked about extensively it's, in this podcast before, is when people pause the final act to be like, by the way, here's here's ten minutes, minutes of, of uh, yeah, explaining uh, why the thing is happened. the thing. Like, yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. What I what I appreciate about it as well, um, from kind of. The satirical point of view, obviously most of the family, or all of them uh, to some degree, are, are, are terrible. Mm-hmm. They are. The point that it's making people. there is very kind of obvious. But you kind of understand that the there's a point underneath that about one particular character who's like, oh, I'm not like them. and uh, Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it makes the point that, no, actually you are... <laughs> More like than anyone else. Yeah, exactly. It does that really well. Uh, and also, like, Eat the Rich is obviously a good... Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, good, the part uh, where she stands in the middle yeah. of the road going, fucking rich people. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I want that to be a gif immediately yeah. because it's, like, evergreen use. No, it's fun. I, I'm glad I watched it. It was better than the first half hour was yeah. absolutely taken. Like, is, no, no, It's no, just no. a fun premise. Like, it's nice yeah. to see but, movies have an opportunity to just do something yeah. a bit daft. But initially, it's like... But this, with a fun, this fun premise was going value. to be not good, and then I was like, "Okay, it is okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm with it. Yeah, no, Maybe it was a, good a fun. few more passes at the script, but it's still fun overall. I agree. Yeah. Um, I also watched that's not in top ten, amazingly, uh, The Nightingale, mm-hmm. which is one of those films um that people have been uh talking about uh for a while, uh, subject to many many walkouts at. Uh, festival screens and just really reaching our shores at the moment and this is really interesting like hand on heart I'm a huge Babadook fan Grace I know you're not a fan I really really love it I think Jennifer Kent's a really interesting filmmaker I really want to see this um, because I want to see what somebody that did that would do next and and I wanted to see also in the way that these things go does it live up to the, the walkouts? Because there's something when you hear about walkouts in the film, it really kind of go picture interesting, various, and you start to ask a question about yourself as well, like yeah. of what what do you want to see here, like or what do you, what's interesting, um, and it's mostly generally around rape and the rapes in the film that that happen, and there's a couple of things to say about that before I even get into whether the film's good or not, is that there are approximately four to five rapes in the film. 
But there's two things I could say about that. One, that they're they're not graphic in any way, shape, or form in relative terms. Like they're not. I've seen worse in rated fifteen films that are kind of awful, and mm-hmm. particularly with intent and all the rest of it. The second thing about that is also to say is that I'm probably not the target audience that would be too worried about that. So I'm aware that my position on it may well be X, but doesn't necessarily mean my position on it is important in the context of how women see it. In general, not that men can't be raped or accepted, of course, but in general terms, how women are raped, and particularly the scenes around that, may be very different experience to my experience on it. And that has to be taken into account. Like, yeah. and, and I think that's absolutely fair. So I'm only going coming from it from my point of view in that regard. They're they're not easy scenes. It's brutal, uh, but it's a brutal film in the context of imperialism and the legacy of imperialism, and that doesn't really go away. And entitlement, particularly, and the Brits get it, and they absolutely deserve to get it, both in entitlement and brutality here, because they're huge scene. There's huge points to it where there's the language is Irish being spoken and aboriginal kind of indigenous languages being used as well mm-hmm. about history and songs and everything and the brits perplexed that there's anything more than english could be spoken and these are savages even though they don't have their own language and all this kind of stuff and i find that really interesting because that has a i think that's a there's a lot of lessons in it around <laughs> around literally we're on the day of the uk election and the kind of xenophobia low level xenophobia that's gone through the last few weeks and months and years probably in the uk and about how they do not understand their own history mm-hmm. about kind of colonization and all the rest of it. And a total unwillingness to engage. With yes, it. and this film engages in that and smashes it into your face in a very interesting way. And I think there's really, really interesting stuff in that. It's really uncompromising. It doesn't hold back in both the revenge of the film and the kind of... It's, it's written with uh, indigenous writers as advisors and about how their family members would have been treated a long time ago. So this, it feels authentic in the way that it's uh, portrayed. Um, It's harsh, but, but it's brilliantly shot and really, really interesting about getting at. It's not an easy watch. It's, it touched too long. Perhaps it's about two hours and 15 minutes. It probably could have done with a little bit of a trim. Um, and it lists a little in the second half, kind of just drifts a little before kind of coming back, being and really interested towards the end. I liked it a lot, but I am very aware there's there's issues around it. But it it's not without merit. It really isn't. There's a lot of good stuff here, but I can totally get why somebody would be like fuck that. Yeah, you know, and that's fair enough. And that and I, I can only give my opinion on in that regard. I'm in the fuck that category. And you're, that's fair. I I think there's a Especially lot of... Especially, like, and I know I'm in the minority over Babadook, but I just thought that was such a painfully terrible film. I know you I did. We've had arguments about this. Like how awful something like this, which is just, like, really rape and violence. Weirdly, I think you would like lots of this, and that's only based on conversations around other things and films and stuff. Mm. I suspect you won't get to it, and that's fair enough. Yeah. But I think there's large chunks of this that you would absolutely... Be impressed by both I mean, technically if you can give me and a supercut of like the Brits out part of it, then I'm all over that. Yeah, there's there's a bit of that where yeah. they, they get about barrels, not literally, but literally as well. Uh, and that's fun. Yeah, and we can all enjoy that. But it it's not easy. Um, but it but it's interesting. It's really interesting. So yeah, that's that. Get to it, but Jesus, under advisement. There's a lot. Yeah. 
Or you could you can watch both though. I mean, I've watched them in within Sean a week. It's, Chaser. It is a Sean Chaser, very much so. But anyway, that's me for the week. Some film news, people. Are you ready for some film news? Are we ever? Well, I think we are. Well, sometimes right. we can respond to this more positively than people. Well, indeed, respond. exactly. Let's go. Let's do it. Right, stills photographer Martin McGuire has a new exhibition of augmented reality installations at the Plaza in Colney. What does that mean? I have no fucking idea. But the exhibition <laughs> is called Project Archetype. And it's a it's commissioned by UNESCO Galway of Film and runs until the end of December. It was launched at the kind of uh, the thirty years of Galway Film Center mm-hmm. Film Center a while back, and it's a kind of about history and literature and characters and stuff like that. Augmented yeah, reality cool. sounds modern and interesting and all that kind of stuff, which always kind of scares they me. Do have I have no little, idea what it means. Like mini exhibitions, kind of like that sometimes in the lighthouse. So I imagine it's kind of similar. Yeah, I, I I suspect it is. It's, uh, a, it's a good venue for something like that with Palaces bizarre <laughs> the there's kind of a thing yeah. Yeah. yeah I think I agree with that um, but uh, yeah no it sounds good and it runs till the end of December so you can still get there if you run Paul not from Dublin although if you did run from Dublin you'd probably still get there but you'd be tired <laughs> uh, but do what you want to do yes well maybe not after running across country then you'd probably be worn or dead anyway yeah. or, th- or that but uh, also uh, this is really interesting to me because I as a younger person back in the day I you just I was bonkers I was it's amazing the search is on for Ireland's top young movie reviewer. Oh God. You ready for the ages? Open to any movie books aged 5 to 19. I'm on automatically inside the 5 year old. 5. Film reviews can come from schools or individuals and can be any film that the young person has watched this year whether it's current release or an old classic. I can't wait for the 19 year old dude for his take on Joker and I'll tell you. Please, I hope they're kicked out. But, uh, Irish lights, camera Jackson. But it sounds really interesting. Like I like the idea of uh, you know kids kind of sounding oh, no, that, off. Like I, I do have to good. say, like, like nurturing voices, young. Too. Yeah, yeah, and just, they, they, you know, as, you know, it's not the same type of voice again. Yeah, and Even it's as a, a five-year-old. It's a Interfilm. It's a UK wide organization which has a regional in Northern Ireland. So it, it yeah, puts it. Yeah, and they put kind of cinema at the heart of kind of children and young people's education. So it's a good idea and kind of get them at it, and you can. In, and it's good to encourage their, their writing and analytical yes, skills. Yes, indeed. And it's us. Get on, have a little article. And if you want to get on, have a look. Nice. And with details to send in your reviews and missives, etc., etc. I'll pretend to be five. <laughs> I can't even remember. That was, like, that was God, 39 was five, years ago. I was in 2014. That's Stop, terrifying. Stop, would you? Oh, I was 39. <laughs> good Lord. Anyway, yes, let's move on. Uh, there's a Martial of Art Film Festival in... Uh, Sofia in Bulgaria. Well, Sofia, Plovdiv and Varna. It's a festival that uh, exists basically for filmmakers in, making films about art. Mm-hmm. And there's submissions looking for Irish submissions for this. And it's kind of a uh, different artistic approaches to art. And I'm a, I'm a bit kind of... I'm not massive on films about art. Because... Well, do you mean, like, pardon my ignorance here, do you mean art like as in like paintings i think it is i think it's a it's probably a broader definition but i think it's a history of art contemporary art forms and uh you know and there's a kind of thing around multiple multicultural diversity as well so that could be interesting yeah i think sometimes stuff like that i think can just seem a little bit inaccessible sometimes if you aren't already it can also be a little inert depending on uh, on your interest but but they're saying documentaries produced and released after january 1st 2018 are eligible uh so you know and the the, fest, the festival does pay attention to modern ten, modern tendencies in video art and advertising and the art and video games, which is a bit modern. That's well, good. That's that. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Good. So you know, 
if I make something, I'm sure somebody will send me over to it, but I won't, so they won't. Uh, but yeah, that sounds alright. I, you know, count me in. Like, I'm not trying to do anything, but if I did do anything, but very willing to participate. I am. If I, if I want to go over for it, you know, it, it drinks and watch them. Like, you know, if yeah. you want to pay for that, very I'm on game. Similar to the what's the Newport festival that I still haven't got an invite to yet. Yeah, yeah, I want to go. I still want to go Newport Beach, people. So if you want to pay for everything, I'm your man. <laughs> uh, Lorcan Finnegan's uh, film Vivarium uh, is going to be released in our cinemas on 27th of March. And this was in Cannes, if I remember correctly. Uh, this is starring Jesse Eisenberg, um, Image of Boots. And it's supposed to be very interesting. It's set in a kind of ghost estate mm-hmm. uh, that people can't quite get out of is the kind of the bit does... of it. Yeah, it, it has an interesting look to it, although it is one of those movies that I feel like we've been hearing about for about a year and a half. Well, that's the and way... it still hasn't come out. Well, you see, this is the thing. It'll be nearly a year later, because mm-hmm. Cannes last year, this year was May, obviously. So, yeah, uh, this is this happens a lot, because, you know, they build kind of word, because it did with that Stitches Film Fest where they got actress, best actress kind of award and stuff, so they tried to build momentum towards it, um, which is fair enough, like, and I kind of like the sound of it. There's a touch of get out and kind of mm-hmm. Twilight's only kind of vibe to it, I think, and the poster scene are quite interesting. Yeah, it's like the burbs just turned off, <laughs> right? Uh, but I, I'm kind of, I kind of want to see this. It does look uh, interesting. I, I'm yeah, looking I forward like to seeing it. it. And so, I do like Imogen Poots. That's the way, actually. Yeah, I really do. Eisenberg can be good. He can. Occasionally. We do say can. Uh, but yeah, Wild Carter released on 27th of March, so I'll, I'll watch that. I'm in. Excellent. Uh, finishing its kind of festival run. Is the favorite, which is still knocking about amazingly. Jeez. What? It's won eight How awards. It's won eight awards at the 32, 32nd European Film Awards. Okay. So it's obviously the European film is a different calendar. Okay, there are awards right. like yeah. so. Uh, it won European film, European comedy, European director, European actress, best cinematography for my friend Robbie Ryan, <laughs> best costume design, best editor, best hair and makeup artist. Did any other film win anything? I don't care because it's only about the, their favourite, which I didn't like. And none for but there you go. Uh, it's made 100 million at the global box office, which I'm kind of surprised at. That seems like a it lot. is accessible. Yeah. It is, but it's a lot of money, though. I didn't see it. And it was nominated for 10 Oscars, which helps yeah. uh, a lot. And won, and won BAFTAs as well. And yeah, won it, yeah. Um, I didn't take to it at all. I really didn't like it. I mean, I liked it, but I can absolutely see why somebody wouldn't like it. And I, I didn't like it as much as. A lot of people seem I to. I kind of hated it. And like, I'm a Yorgos Lantimos fan. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to be perfect for me. And I was like, I was sitting in the cinema stony, kind of not laughing, mm-hmm. dying. It didn't work for me at all. I I did like it quite a bit. Um, I don't know if I like it as much as other Lantimos movies that I've seen. I've yeah. only seen his English language films now. Um, but this was a lot broader than yes. the other ones. Which is fun, but definitely... Yeah, not it, a... it it didn't work for me at all. Which is, you know, it's not yeah, all about it, me, it even though it's totally about me. There being a bit of an edge taken off it, I think, compared yeah. to it was nice and it looked pretty and whatever. But you know, but no. then that obviously did the trick because it gave it more mass. Yeah, no, appeal, listen, clearly, I like Yorgos Lanthimos as a filmmaker. And he gets a few more movies well, they I think that's it. Like, and it's a it's a, obviously a really strong partnership element, obviously, and it's done very very well for both of them. So, and Excellent. it is like in acting terms, it was a very good vehicle for Rachel Weisz and yes, and Libby Coleman and. Uh, Emma Stone. For her, for Emma Stone, maybe Olivia, Olivia Coleman's part is so small. But she won Oscars and everything for it, like so. It's like Oscars again, but yeah, but it's she's it's a great very though. Very meaty role for the other two. I no, it's true. I, I, agree. I think Colin, like the the awards, I thought that was pretty fair. 
because the balancing act of having such a comedic character but having an air of kind of sadness and mm-hmm. even though she's completely ridiculous some faint kind of degree of dignity yeah, yeah. is very good yeah no I'd agree I, I love Coleman so I'm, I'm you know I'm glad for her she's been working for years with yes. being respected but uh, she should have won a fucking Oscar for Tyrannosaur anyway but that's two different issues like that. she's amazing in Tyrannosaur Paddy Constantine's film but you know she got there in the end Right, let's hit some top ten. Let's do it. Who's excited? Well, Joker's gone. Excellent. Well, so go. we can all, we can all. That means I've not seen anything. <laughs> oh, you've seen something, Luke. I guarantee it. At ten, not twenty-two, not seventeen, twenty-one bridges. Yay! Uh, <laughs> which has made nearly two hundred thousand. It's probably gone now. Did you see this, Luke? I did not. Uh, it sounds uh, kind of by the book. Bridges for me. It's too many bridges. The, it's kind of gas though because I don't. I saw like the occasional ad on the side of a bus, but otherwise I heard nothing about this movie. From the visionary directors, produced by the visionary directors of Avengers Endgame, Grace. Uh, Maybe that was enough to pack them all in. Who indeed. Knows? Well, two hundred thousand would suggest not, but <laughs> it has that kind of nineties generic thriller vibe. Which yeah. uh, at home will probably play a lot better in the cinema, yeah. I yeah. would suspect. You can imagine this being on, like, maybe... Saturday night, and I'd happily watch it. Yeah, yeah. I like Chadwick Boseman, so like I'm, I'm kind of... Crisps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'll watch it. It does look like Poundland Denzel. It does. <laughs> it does, sadly. But, you know, we don't that's, have Tony Scott directing Denzel anymore, though. That's sadly. Tragic, tragic me. days. At nine, and one I have to see, and I haven't seen as of yet, Ordinary Love, uh, the Liam Neeson, Leslie Manville film, which I've heard nothing but good things about. Uh, it's made a grand total of 13 grand which got into 10 top 10 this week because we're close to Christmas it's not a huge one but this this looks excellent though and I'm a huge fan of uh, previous films Good Vibrations from the same directors uh, mm-hmm. I, I really want to see this it looks excellent at 8 one I have no interest in seeing whatsoever but hey we got the top 10 for another 13 grand Motherless Brooklyn I can't ima- like I can't imagine anything I would want to see less than I this was- yeah. Ugh. Anyone uh, directing is a major red flag. This was a movie last week that, like, you were reading our details about it, and the further into you got, it was like, no, no, no. Yeah. And wasn't Louise said she walked out of it? She walked out of 15, 20 minutes, oh, okay, and she yeah. thought it was crap. I was gonna say, somebody said recently they walked out of it, so. Actors doing passion projects where they dig up some book that is unadaptable, and they're like, but I can do it. No, yeah, no, I, I, no. I, I, even the title of it is just. Like, I like Norton. What, I used what? to. Well, I'd say I used to like Norton, but his ninety, his stick of his kind of acting stick, which is a a visual representation of something. Yeah, the Tourette's, the stutter, the whole thing feels massively out of place in twenty. There was a good article recently 19. about how uh, he's, there is, yeah, and I think it's really interesting. I think it, it was kind of construed online as a mean article. I don't think it was, and I think it was actually quite fair. No, it was yeah, actually as a, of a time and place kind of thing that's just largely disappeared as an and, acting style. Yeah, because I think it it was kind of it came out that article in the context of this film, and it was saying that the performance doesn't really work. But probably if this had been made in the nineties. Probably would have worked better. I would have in the same way that like, uh, what's the one the primal fear wouldn't work now yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's exactly that kind well, of thing and I think maybe he only has one bit yeah I mean uh, which I'm, is worrying. I'm just gonna say I don't know if I'm in the minority here but I've never really liked him I never got the impression he was very good at anything the only thing I've actually liked him in was primal fear and that's a very of its time picture I think he's quite good in Fight Club in fairness to him um Des- yeah, despite mean, the film okay. or how you view the film as the years go by but yeah. I think he's pretty good now I think he, his voiceover is kind of yeah, it's, interesting it's, it's alright there's just something about him where I just I, he does I have a he does have a smug prick vibe 
from whatever character he's meant to yeah. be. Yeah. It always feels so affected and so like smog or something. Yeah, to me. I, 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 I think like, there is. I, again, um, I might be in the minority here, but I just not really a fan of his. No, that's fair. Really I think I think he's he's certainly out of place and out of step in twenty nineteen. Yeah, would well, suspect. the last anything I've seen him in the past few years has always been like, oh, this feels uncomfortable. But yeah. maybe that's just me. Well, you know, if you want to hear him show curses or whatever, you can see this. So, you know. I'm sure there are other people I'd prefer to hear show curses. Indeed. Indeed there is. What is this about again, though, Remind? It's me. a film noir type uh, story about somebody going missing. Kind of thing. Yeah, okay, no, never mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not going? You're, I didn't sell it to you? Like... No, remember that time you sent me to see The Goldfinch and I'm still scarred? You never went to, you, yeah. to see it. <laughs> One day you will go to the films and change the grace. God damn it. Any day now. At seven, your dad's favourite film, Le Mans 66. I still can't believe this is actually out. Feels like the type of thing that, like, it's on the horizon, but like, oh no! It's, it's made proper your dad's money nearly half a million, like in terms of the lads going to see it, like, and nationalize your dad. <laughs> That's a great tweet today, actually. Somebody nationalize the dads. Corbin's going to do it. Uh, yeah, but this does feel like that kind of classical, old school. It has a cars racing on, on the thing. Saint Stephen's Day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's for I, I, I like it. I, I thought it was quite entertaining. But you yeah, are that... dad, Luke, for the podcast uh, scenario. <laughs> It does strike me, and correct me if I'm wrong here, as the type of thing that you probably don't have to engage with very heavily. Well, I mean, the beats are so telegraphed. You yeah. can kind of... That's, I think, it what gives it that kind of Stephen's Day kind of vibe. You can yeah. kind of dip it. See, I don't mind the Stephen's Day kind of film. The only problem I have is I'm not particularly gone on either of the actors these yeah. days. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I, I like them well enough in this, but I okay. can see if you're, if you're not into their shtick, this is them doing that, so, you know... Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Christian Bale's face on the poster is just like no, just that expression alone is. <laughs> At six, the last right, which is the Irish film that was released, um, almost um, kind of snuck out as a kind of Irish film. With I think it yeah, has, we, um, we did week, talk about it last yeah. week. It has somebody of note in it. Uh, <laughs> God damn it, who is it? We can't remember. It's not Liam Cunningham, but it's always Liam Cunningham. But I, now I'm blocked by Liam Cunningham, like I tell us. Okay, let's go through the, the obvious suspects then. It's not Liam Cunningham, it's not Colin Meany, it's not Brendan Gleeson. Colin Meany uh, is in it, isn't Oh, maybe he? it is Colin Meany. See, they, I think it is Colin Meany. Or Meanie. Pat Short. No, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's Colin Meany. Jenny Nesbitt. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, it is. There I'm, you go. I'm, I'm almost there. It's Eva Crean's film. With Michael Huseman from... Uh, I'm Brian Cox, isn't it? Where did he go Fucking from? hell. I'm Michael Malkilhatton. Sorry. Apologies to the film. Slows people in. But it's Eve Green's film uh, about it. It's basically a, a funeral car, a car with a coffin on top that travels the country. It's kind of a road movie. Yeah. Um, I am hoping to see this. It's just a, it's a I, difficult month for seeing new it, stuff. It, it really is. And it's odd what people release in December. It just feels right. like a weird. Because like, people are pulled all over the place by yeah. parties, shopping, and all sorts of nonsense. And yeah. It's. Done. Oh, it's made twenty one grand. It's yeah, well, that's interesting as well. Like, um, yeah, I'd like to see it, but I, I, I suspect it'll be at home when I see it. Aye. But you know, right? Next. Okay. A five elf, which uh, I presume it's a re-release. What the re-release of elf? It really? couldn't be, could it? Has I mean, twenty five grand. Fuck off! It the elf didn't. I mean, I can see that happening, it's but I'm still shite. kind of surprised. Also, Sorry, elf yeah, is terrible. Really like elf. I don't understand the love for elf. My problem is that Do you love I Elf, Luke? Sorry. I like Elf. It loses its steam and it's about 70 minutes long. So, Do you know what other film know. I don't like that people love as a comedy thing? It's the one with Sean William Scott, the ice hockey one. What the fuck is it called? Oh, Sorry, G. 
the gopher or the goon or something. Oh, the goon. Yeah. The goon, yeah. Yeah. Dreadful film. And people are like, oh, it's a masterpiece. People are insane. I, well, in terms of Elf, I just don't. I don't, I don't like Elf. Will Ferrell. No. I like I a. Talladega Nights is my favourite film, comedy film this century. That's all I'll say. So, Elf, I did not warn to. Yeah. No. Speaking of something you did warn to, Grace. What? At four last Christmas. Yeah. Which has made, Jesus, 1.1 million. Oh, yeah, they, well, they released at the right time. Like, Building in a combination of appreciation for rom-com, trashy... Sadly, Ronan of this parish is not here. George Michael. So he hasn't gone to see it. Or maybe he has, but he can't... I he, think it's working. He was talked up, wasn't he? He was given... Yeah. He was hepped up well, to I see it. Well, I gave him like. the twist. You so did. You know it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 really so, that really sold him, like... Yeah. I mean, it's fun. I, I think it's a nice, pleasant, frothy movie. You're probably not going to remember any of it in three months, but who cares? That's true. You can watch it next year again and make it a little tradition. Indeed. And lots of George Michael tunes, which everybody enjoys. Also accurate. Nice and timely as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The uh, anti-Brexit kind of message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At three, Grace's favourite director, Rean Johnson's Knives Out. LOL. Which has made 400,000. I'm on record of, I'm not big on ensemble who done it type things. Yeah. Mugging, etc., etc. But I will get to it at some point. Perhaps I'm at on home. record as saying, "When are we going to admit Daniel Craig can't act?" <laughs> Apparently, people are, he's beloved in this case. Beloved. I don't. He's another he, one I don't now, understand. Luke, you, you got to defend, or are you somewhere in the middle here? No, it? I really like that performance. But if you're not a fan of Daniel Craig, this is not going to move that yeah, so at all. Fair, fair. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really like Nice Out, um, which I had said before. But yeah, making a lot of money, which is what makes it so bizarre that. And it I say this, in relative, I presume there's a lot of people on the back end. I, I uh, say this as a person that really likes The Last Jedi. I know that's not a, a universal opinion. I don't particularly mind it. Uh, Grace but despises the, all our the, the conversation kind of this week about, oh, isn't it terrible that he's being thrown under the bus? It's like, what bus? He literally has a movie out right it's a now. It's full of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's grand. Like. He's been thrown under the bus. Because in the, in the press tour for the, the new Star Wars, yeah. there's kind of a, oh, we're going a different direction and all this. I don't know why people would take... But they threw him under the bus at the time when Mark Hamill came out and said, I fundamentally disagreed with everything he did in this movie. Yeah, but the, I mean, and I made it anyway. Again, what more do you people I, I don't think that... Uh, and again, speaking of someone that really likes that movie, it doesn't need to be wrapped up in cotton wool. I don't yeah. think, and neither no. does Johnson. And Johnson is kind of amiable enough. And no, in fairness, he's considering kind of the that, shit that like, he's yeah. gotten from kind of the the. Fire fair, I think that's a fair point. That he doesn't particularly. See, it seems to kind of run off his back a little bit. Yeah, uh, and you it's know, like fair enough. People are not going to like it, and, this, and it's somewhat the deal when you make Star Wars film to some degree anyway. Just that whole conversation has been so yeah. strange to me. Like actors in Star Wars films not liking Star Wars films is a long running tradition. Yes, yes, and yeah, the whole thing is just very strange. But people, is good. Also, I, I think people. Good put like a lot of disproportionate importance in Star Wars films but anyway well, yeah, they do. sure and I like, say that as someone who had a meltdown yeah, yeah you yeah. did Grace but at least you're out of sanatorium back in action now this is great you can hear my Star Wars thoughts on the 250 this oh I've not out uh, Empire excellent Which I'm glad I recorded it weeks ago before I never wanted to talk about Star Wars again yeah. Return of Jedi is my favourite but anyway I didn't go which was fun because I wanted to be like Empire is like my bottom of the original Ooh. three which everyone's just like what the it's second of mine, but I, so I, I, I had much prefer films. Return of the Jedi. Much I love prefer. Return of the Jedi. It's great. Return of the Jedi is great. It's the best Star Wars one. That months. one, then A New Hope, then Empire. That's how it works. Uh, okay. Of the original three, I mean. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, Empire be second, then New Hope. I think New Hope's terrible. But anyway. I like New Hope. At two, Jumanji, the next level, which is getting pretty shit reviews. Because the first, the first, the first Jumanji of the this reboot of the Jumanji, oh, I really liked it. I had I'm great, great fun with it. I would recommend it. It, it, it has a, it has an unbelievably good Jack Black performance, which I think 
in terms of broad performance. Like, it is. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the film a lot yeah. more than I expected to. Yeah. I, 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 I again I, I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. Same. Um so maybe that's kind of artificially film. pumped it up, but uh, I don't know that it had enough juice in it to kinda No, I kinda ran out a little. Because they're the sequel looks like we'll just do that again. But with different kind of areas to play with. I feel like when you cast The Rock in something, you're like contractually obligated to give him at least four movies in the franchise. Well, it's fair, but they make money, like. Yeah. Uh, it's fair. Well, like, that, that's why. <laughs> 200,000, nobody, any, I think, like people that like the first one, including myself, but anybody I've seen that's seen the second one are like, yeah. They've run out of steam the first one pretty much. I mean, the so, original yeah. Jumanji is also on Netflix. So, you know. I would just say watch that. You've got all the choices. Also, if you want to watch the 1995 version with Robin Williams and Kirsten Dunst. Ah, oh, which is a lot more fun than people give it credit for. I can't remember. I'm sure I've seen it, but I can't remember. It's fun. At one, Frozen two, all the, the Disney money for fuck's sake. Uh, it's made three point four million so far. I made half a million this weekend. The Good lord! You no. sure the bastards. <laughs> I'll repeat my offer though. If you want to watch, you don't want to pay Disney money. I will download it legally for you when it comes out and send it to you on the internet. Fuck I, Disney. You'll be very proud. I watched. Um, non-officially acquired episodes of The Mandalorian I'm very very happy with that <laughs> I will also send episodes to Mandalorian to anybody that wants it The Mandalorian uh, is enjoyable by the way I'm not expecting you to condone this or condemn it Luke but this is my ongoing battle with Disney I, I mean this is all going to be uh, redacted by <laughs> no it's not Niall's uh, no Niall Nile is, uh, is okay as long as I don't scan on there's no saying this this is just me the opinions expressed not... in this podcast <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. reflect those of Niall or Scott no Niall would not con- condone this kind of behaviour yes. but he is also ignoring it which I appreciate <laughs> but Frozen 2 was made 3.5 million I quite like Frozen when it came out I enjoyed the songs I great probably will see this I will probably see it but I won't pay for it um, will yeah. I see it before I finish The Irishman only time can tell we'll come back to this next week Grace. my mother got two and a half hours into The Irishman be proud your mother's may like she wanted to watch the rest of it the other night but our crap country internet would not sustain that I, and me I'm not I'm not saying that your mother has better taste in movies than you but I'm not not saying that I mean she does sometimes and then other times she's like she really doesn't can we get Mama Duffy on the podcast I would love to have her on the podcast be amazing. We should record one on the way home from Galway next year. We should get the whole family a, on. A detour. Oh, that'll be amazing. The, the Duffy family podcast. Mom will cook you an enormous lunch. This is amazing. I'm I'm in. I'm in. And you know, Ron is in. You Once you say tea. enormous lunch, Ron will be there. Yeah, there you go. I'll be judged. But I'll drink wine though, or Guinness or anything to do that. There'll be Guinness. There's oh, grand. Guinness excellent. <laughs> so, God, you're a good family. We are. <laughs> excellent. That's the top ten. You're done. Right. Ready? You ready for some new races? I can only think of. Well, no, I can't even actually think of any because the two I just thought of were next week. That's okay. Moving on. <laughs> the first one, and this is interesting to me uh, for various reasons, and I'll tell you, it's the remake of the remake of Black Christmas, which is yes, a 1970 this looks film, very interesting. Uh, and I think it's been remade since, which I haven't seen. And this is also Imogen Poots and Carrie yeah. uh, and the various other people. Um the reason why this interests me, and I'm not massive on remakes, I know it's a Christmas, technical Christmas film. This should have been released in November or a Halloween. This Harvins don't play in Christmas in the sense of... There's too much of a level of irony, I think, for yeah, yeah. To, to, to really make much Maybe. box office. But Sophia Takal, who directed it, made a film a few years ago called Always Shine, which I really, really liked. So I'm kind of interested in it. Uh, mm-hmm. as a little, it's a kind of two-horror, or two-hander kind of horror drama about two women's friendships and Hollywood and kind of it's really interesting really dark and strange film which I really really like so this kind of interests me 
But then I today I read that a few reviews uh, the early reviews in the states were that's brutal, and that's also worrying. So I mean, I don't know. I think this kind of horror film Monday can can Friday. open to to a lot of uh, criticism and then rebuild a, a rep- I mean, the original Black Christmas was kind of panned. I think in much the same way, and which also the, and then subsequently. And it, yeah, has been reclaimed because it's yeah. the the original kind of slasher, and it's yeah. got a subversive, relatively element to it that it looks like this is trying to to bring a lot more to to kind of the foreground. Yeah, I, I'm I'm interested to see it. Yeah, I again this time of year, it's just bizarre. Like I'll get to it at some point. It probably won't be in the cinema though, yeah. unfortunately. But uh, it does sound interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll get there. Um, interestingly, this week the, the Jumanji is actually technically coming out. I think the preview week last week made it money, so I'm not going to kind of talk about it again. Okay. We've already just talked about it, so we'll take off. Too complicated Jumanji. for our feeble brains. No, it just you know it's you know yeah. it'll make enough money. Let's not be worried about it. Like, um, also this week, which is the Kingmaker, which is the Lauren Greenfield documentary about Imelda Marcos. Um, Lauren Greenfield made a really made a couple of interesting documentaries one the queen of versailles in 2012 which is really yes, good really good and generation wealth which i haven't seen actually uh and this is about uh, melda marcos coming back to power trying to get back into power uh in 2014 when she was in her 80s mm-hmm. but it's also sort of her own history and her shoes and all the rest of the madness that happened in the philippines back in the day i imagine this this sounds really interesting and this fits in Greenfield's kind of view of opulence and corruption and all that kind of where those things intersect. Yeah. But she's also very interested in the entitlement of a certain type of person. She has a good way of giving her subjects kind of enough rope. To, yes, she yeah. does. She absolutely does. And yeah, I, I, I really want to see this. This sounds really good. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm all over this. No, I didn't, I didn't see Generation Wealth because it no, right. kind of looked a bit of a kind of retread. Yes, that's, um, I think that's the same issue I have. But I think if you go to a third film, it's the same thing. I think that's fair enough. I yeah. suppose you're interested in a particular bit. subject. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, that sounds all right. Um, there's an interesting one out this week, actually, in the IFI called Beanpole. And what's interesting about it is, and this is the second time this happened this year, as far as I can see. Uh, the previous one was a film called Holiday, which I really liked. Uh, that they spent a month on movie in Ireland and then rocked up in the cinema later, which is unusual. If like if you're not like movies niching up, so like yeah. you're not you're not killing your whole audience if you release that movie. But this Beanpole was fresh from the London Film Festival, the really street films that uh, were at the London Film Festival and appeared a movie for the month, and you could watch them. It's, uh, a, good, it's a good way of building up relative it is. buzz. Annoyingly, I didn't get to Beanpole, and I meant to because I'd heard really good things about it. But it's opening the Wi-Fi this week, directed by Canterbury Balan- Balagnov, uh, and this is a kind of film set in the immediate aftermath of the siege of Leningrad. So it's proper kind of grim, warry kind of stuff, as you get. Um, but I heard really, really, really good things. Bleak in the way that films set in mm-hmm. Leningrad probably are. But uh, I've heard oh, nothing. That's a nice, light-hearted, yeah. easygoing topic. But I've heard excellent things about it, though. Um, and like the word is, even when it was on movie, that it, it really very much worth your time. Which I and I did mean to get to, and then it fucking disappeared in the way these things do. If you don't get to them, yeah, this is your chance, Jack. It is indeed. Uh, but uh. Yeah, it's supposed to be very good. Uh, finally, well, actually not quite finally, we second to last, is uh, Alex Gibney's Citizen K. Alex Gibney, who released the documentary Week of the Eleven. Uh, I was going to say, I thought this had already come out. He, I feel like I've seen all 12 of his films in the last week, even though I haven't seen any of them. They just keep appearing. Uh, he's an interesting director, extremely prolific, 
And the problem with prolific directors, in my opinion, is that the quality tends to ebb and flow depending on the interest yeah. and time you spend with particular subjects. He's not without talent, of course not, but uh, when uh, you're releasing Claire would two or three a year. For me, yeah. uh, for this decade. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can't keep track. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, like, if you don't like this one, there's two more coming your way. So I, I, like, I still haven't seen uh, No Stone um, Unturned. I've seen No Stone Unturned and I quite liked it. It's not bad. It's not brilliant. But it's I'd not probably bad. It's interesting. Checking that out before. Yeah, you know? and this is about a kind of Russian oligarch who turned political dissident of Putin, and then what happened after that, uh, kind of arrests and all the rest of it. Yeah. It sounds interesting. Like the subject's interesting enough, and you know, it's kind of bad governments, you know, sinister forces, etc., etc. It's not a surprise in some ways from the director in terms of subject matter. Um, I hope it's better than. I hope it's in the good side of them rather than the I'm moving on to the next one I'm interested in yeah, so this yeah. one's okay kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's 137 that, minutes which is never great. That can sometimes be a, a quality for a director if they are very prolific in that they're not kind of overly they're not too in their own head about you know yeah, it depends no, on the true. film I suppose. And a, a documentary you know I think it's trickier because the subject that's, requires an attention yes, to detail I think true. more so in some ways than and it requires you to live to the subject a little bit more, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Perhaps. I, I mean, he's made some good documentaries. I'm not, you know, it's it's not dissing them. It's just more about how much can you get into when you're yeah. prolific. I, I, I do like to see it, but it's long, though. So, you know, we'll see. I might get there. You won't get, you won't get your chance. It'll be credited out by Elf before you know it. Amen. Uh, finally, and very, very much finally, uh, a welcome as it is every year, re-release of It's a Wonderful Life in both the Final Lighthouse. Yay. Uh, it's the best Christmas film ever made, in my opinion, which is the only opinion that matters. <laughs> um, I absolutely adore it. I cry buckets every time I watch it. I've seen it. I've done it many times at this stage. And this is one I, of, we talked about the new release, this is one I'll actually get, probably get to the cinema to watch. It's a Wonderful Life is maybe my favourite film. Oh, so, well. I haven't seen it. Grace. We can do it. We can do a skin on trip. We can do it. Not my Christmas go-to movie. Oh, that's because you haven't seen it. Once it is, once you've seen it, it's. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's incredible. I every time I watch it, I'm in bits. Absolutely. <laughs> Niagara Falls. Bits. Oh, and I, I, and I don't really cry at movies. Ever, I do all the time, but robot, even before but... I cried at movies, trademark, yeah. I was in tears at this. This one kills me every single time I watch it. Love it. Oh, it's a, oh God, I love it. But uh, yeah, if you you know, it, and I think it's a it's a restored version as well, so I imagine it looks smashing on the big screen. Um. So yeah, get to it. I uh, I'm always blubbing just thinking about it. Cause I'll watch it at home anyway if I don't see it in the cinema. But I because I watch it every year because it's, it's yeah. a wonderful life. I mean, it truly is. Wonderful. You've you've led a good life, George. Right yeah. <sighs> yeah. Stop. Stop. I'll be in bits. What are you doing to me? <sighs> On that tearful bombshell. We'll say goodbye to the until we get to the for the penultimate podcast. The the, and then the end of year and end of decade double header. The end of life. <laughs> and yeah, also, we might point out that I'm, I'm away for January, so we will be taking a month off. Yes, we will. Uh, Grace going to a sanatorium to rest. Yes, she is. She deserves you're, you're it. You're doing a, a month worth of Star podcasts Wars before universe, that. <laughs> We're not going to do a month worth of podcasts before that. Stop that. Oh, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what you think. I have to make myself watch The Last Jedi again. Do it. Don't watch it in the cinema. Watch it at home. Every then you can turn it off. No, because if I watch it at home, then I won't finish it. You will. Be like 
if it's on the screen, I'll have to sit and look at it no matter how much you I leave murder everything around me. I just keep thinking about the fucking casino planet wanting to claw my eyes out. I'll no. just say nothing. We'll <laughs> join that next week where we talk <laughs> about the casino planet and all sorts of nonsense. Bye. Bye. Bye.